Hey, 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 welcome to a new episode of the Not Your Marker podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about so many great things. NFTs, video games, the metaverse, and much, much more. Thank you for joining and stick around. Welcome to the episode number seven of the second season of the Not Your Marketer podcast. Uh, this is actually the episode number 21st or 21 of the of the podcast. Uh, you know that it's, I all, I'm always grateful uh, for all your comments and messages that I get asking for some things uh, or uh, asking me about some insights about some some of the conversations that that I've had in some other episodes. So um, today we're going to be talking about great things. Remember to uh, subscribe if you like the show and uh, to comment on any any social network uh, that you may use. So without any further ado, let's jump into the first uh, news. So last, uh, this past weeks has been uh, really interesting in terms of uh, news uh, related with um, the metaverse, NFTs, and so and such more. So yesterday, uh, we were taking a look at a new uh, a news from uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, re- regarding the feature that Twitter is going to allow people to use in our in their in their in Twitter profile so let me just share here with you what they have uh, what they have already on the uh, Twitter blue labs post uh, health center website uh, so this is going to be a feature that is going to be only available for Twitter blue users on iOS devices, as you can see, NFT profiles. So one of the things that you are going to be able to do is that instead of having that rounded version of your profile picture, you're going to have an uh, hexagon uh, that resembles a little bit of what you would find in the Ethereum uh, blockchain. Uh, Here you have, I mean, they have posted everything like what are cryptos, what are NFTs, and so forth. What is the connection that they are going to have, and so forth. Um, Again, one of the interesting approaches here is that now you're going to be able to play by the rules of the blockchain and the NFT community. I don't know if you are aware of this, uh, how many people have been uh, fooling around with the idea of that uh, it doesn't matter if you have an, an NFT uh, or if you own that NFT, uh, many people could use the, um, the JPEG version of that, a screenshot basically, uh, and post it in as a profile picture or anything. So this is a great way of validating and uh, to not regulating but normalizing the use of NFTs in social network. It is interesting to me that 
just as they mentioned that, also uh, companies like Meta uh, announced that they were going to also try to get go into the the meta the metaverse the blockchain uh, field, especially through NFTs, and that brings us to another another uh, news. So in this case, what we have, and let me just share this with you again. This, uh, the source of this news, I had it from uh, the Financial Times, but I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, how Meta, it's going to convert the main social networks, I mean, the Blue App, Facebook, and Instagram into marketplaces or how it's going to add the possibility for people and users to exchange NFTs on those two networks. So this is interesting because essentially one of the things that uh, we're seeing right now is that as you may be aware of, uh, OpenSea is one of the most popular and used uh, marketplaces for uh, the exchange of NFTs. One thing that Meta has on their, uh, I mean, under the sleeves is that they have a huge amount of users. So if they manage to create a great option or a great alternative for uh, using or for exchanging NFTs based on their social, on the, on the different platforms that they, that they own, uh, it could even be WhatsApp for, for sure they could be the ones taking or making people take the big leap into blockchain and uh, the NFTs field. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking about what the future may look like. And I don't necessarily like the idea of Meta also capitalizing everything in the, the blockchain or in, in terms of NFTs. So we will have to wait and see until we have some more information about it and to see what their approach is going to be. So, uh, interesting thing. I mean, I saw a lot, a lot of great news that I wanted to share with you. So this is a, a really packed episode. Um, so just to keep everything under the um, blockchain and cryptocurrencies feel, um, there is uh, there was a a case of um, well hacking or I don't know if it was hacking but but at least to vulnerate the systems of crypto.com. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with this uh, website. They have been investing heavily in mar on marketing. I mean, uh, the Staples Arena in 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 LA is going to be rebranded as the Crypto.com Arena, uh, which just gave give you some idea of what I mean on what kind of field they want to play. So, uh, thirty four million US dollars got stolen from different uh, from the wallets of different users. Uh, they say that uh, affected. 483 users, um, but they they were um, reinstated uh, immediately. So, good thing about this is that obviously they have been able to, um, I mean, to overcome this this uh, this problem, this issue, this uh, crisis, and to give that sense of 
reliability and safety that usually you would like to get from uh, from a company like, or well, yeah, like a marketplace for uh, cryptocurrencies. And in this case, they also manage, uh, they could also manage your uh, wallet. So yeah, uh, really good news on, on that part. I, I, I believe, I truly believe that uh, 2022 is going to be the year where we are going to see the greatest leap yet on blockchain and cryptocurrencies not only because we already have many great big players betting on this like i don't know we have seen uh the case of twitter we also saw the case of of meta and we are going to be talking about some other uh some some other cases as well um but because i believe that users are now more aware about the topic and more and more we're seeing the great case use cases for nfts blockchain and cryptocurrencies in a massive scale i also believe that we have still so much to discover and to find out especially when we think about what is going to i mean, I mean which blockchain is going to be the one on which uh, we're going to be living on. And when we talk about the metaverse, that makes it even more difficult to understand, not not to understand, but to guess on, on, I mean, on the basis of which direction is going to have each each company is may it will make it also, also interesting to see how this performs in the future. So, Great. I mean, one one of the things that I uh, that never ceases to amaze me um, about Amazon is how they keep trying to uh, reinvent themselves, right? So uh, probably you are familiar with the different projects that I mean, Amazon has like from every the security system that they have uh, incorporated with uh, Ring, which is a company that they acquire, to the um, Everything that they 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 do with the ecosystems, uh, the Amazon key, convenient delivery that you can get on your cars, inside your home or your garage or whatever you want, uh, Amazon Go for uh, for sure. And this is the latest one uh, that we saw. This is a uh, news from uh, GeekWire uh, that. Explain how they have launched or announced that they're going to launch Amazon Style. So Amazon Style is going to be a physical brick and mortar retail store in which um, Amazon is going to uh, well portray uh, clothing, fashion. One interesting thing about this is that usually what you have um, lacking in the when you have an e-commerce and the, I mean in the case of Amazon this is I mean this is I mean the best use case of this is that you are lacking the possibility of customers those who prefer to feel and touch the product before they buy it to actually have that opportunity so obviously the workaround for that is that they offer free deliveries for I mean almost every product that you that you have and it's pretty much straightforward um but when you go the extra mile and you offer this experience before 
the customer can actually purchase something. And then you have another distribution channel as well. Uh, you mix everything because you're going to also be able to understand and gather more information from uh, the physical behavior of your customers that it's basically one of the things that they also wanted to understand with the Amazon Go uh, channel. I think this is brilliant. Let's wait and see what, uh, what they... Uh, learn from this and how we uh, see or I mean or uh, how they can uh, implement their learnings from from this um, this experience uh, so this is Amazon style so uh, gr there is a great company that, that I I mean I'm pretty fond of uh, not only because of the the values that they that they highlight, uh, but also because they treat marketing in a very different way. So uh, I wanted to share this with you, and this comes from uh, The Drum, and this is a, a Tony's Chocolate Only. I don't know if you're familiar with the company, but this is a uh, Dutch company that sells uh, chocolate. One of the, I mean, their mission is to uh, end with uh, chocolate slavery or cocoa slavery. Uh, basically, you would know that cocoa beans are uh, comes from uh, African, mainly from African countries where uh, working conditions are not so good for uh, the people harvesting the, the cocoa beans, right? So um, Tony's Chocolonely is not a cheap product, uh, but the fact that they are aware of that and they highlight that and leverage on that because what they want to do is to make a change in how the industry move along, it's great. So the next great thing that they're trying to do is that they want to make people aware of how uh, dangerous or counterproductive could be to eat in excess their products. So they have this uh, campaign that it's called I'm bad for your health. Basically, what they are trying to do is to explain, and this is a, just a... Um, a, a picture of a totally choking lonely uh, chocolate bar if you're watching the video um, that explains in which I mean how many grams of sugar are per each one of these pieces of the chocolate bar amazing one of the things that they are they also trying to do is to incentivize incentivate uh, some other companies to do the same so it's not about not making or uh, scaring customers away, but to make them aware that everything, obviously, uh, in excess is going to be dangerous for uh, your health or for you and for your body. So um, this is something that we don't see that that um, that many times. This company, a company that is willing to say, hey, as much as we like to be in the business and as much as we like to for you to purchase from us, uh, you have to know this. You no, know? you have to know that uh, you don't. You don't should be uh, eating that that much of our of our product. So the next thing that I wanted to mention was the news uh, that we got um, last uh, last week, and it had to no early this week. I'm sorry, and it has to do with one of the. Biggest acquisition. I would say that this could be one of the biggest acquisitions of 2022. Uh, even even though we are in only in 
half January. And it has to do with Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. Um, so it is acquiring Activision Blizzard uh, for um, a little bit more than 67 or 68 billion US dollars. So it's the largest acquisition that Microsoft had uh, have done um, until this date. And what it's interesting is that when you start looking for um, some analysis on this uh, acquisition, many people believe that one of the, I mean, they, there could be many reasons why Amazon saw this as a great opportunity, especially when you take into account that Activision Blazer has been on the spotlight uh, for the past few, uh, probably couple of years or even a little bit more uh, for having these really bad work uh, work uh, environment and um, corporate culture that is uh, very uh, toxic to women and that uh, only highlight the worst of, uh, of how things were done. As a matter of fact, uh, the co-CEO of the company uh, quicked um, because of uh, she find out that uh, she was not paid the equal uh, as an equal as the co-CEO that was uh, a man. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of trouble. So why Microsoft decided to go into this and purchase this uh, trouble company that obviously they have a huge great names like Call of Duty. I mean, King Entertainment also, it's part of the deal. So they are going to have everything from Candy Crush on. Um and probably there are going to be two main possibilities for that. The first one would be, uh, for sure, they are trying to uh, get a step forward into being ready for the metaverse, especially when they had uh, arguably one of the best products for the um, for the metaverse in the case of VR headsets with the HoloLenses. And also because, um, or, or another of the of the reasons could be because they want to compete with what Nvidia and Google are trying to do with uh, cloud gaming, right? Like with Stadia and the GeForce Now. Now, uh, what's left for 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 Microsoft, right? So one thing that they have um, guaranteed that they are not going to do yet is to make all these products like Call of Duty and all those franchises exclusive for Microsoft um, consoles like the Xbox, which is something that they already do where they have done historically with uh, franchises like Halo, for instance. Uh, but we will have to wait and see. As you can see, Overwatch, uh, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, uh, Diablo are just among one of the, uh, of the games that they are uh, getting with this uh, huge acquisition. We will just have to wait and see how these perform. Uh, one, another thing, I mean, this has to go through some um, approval by the government of the United States. However, right now, the antitrust eye is not on Microsoft, not like 20 years ago. And it's more focused on uh, these other companies, Facebook, Apple, and Google, and what they're and Amazon, and what they're trying to do. So probably this is the best time for them to to move along and do these uh, kind of things. I was reading that uh, this acquisition would make Microsoft the third player in the video game industry, having uh, Tencent as the first one. Uh, which makes the case for them not being a mon monopoly. So in that case, would be would be very interesting. Probably it's going to be approved, and they're going to move along.
So another thing, uh, and this is very interesting. So when we talk about, we were talking about the NFTs, we were talking about uh, blockchain and so forth. One of the main things that um, we need to, from the marketing point of view, be prepared for is for uh, the metaverse, right? And I just wanted to share with you two examples of uh, implementation of uh, branding and marketing strategies on the metaverse that we can already uh, experience from two leading brands. And the first one has to do with Nike that created the Nike land on Roblox. So basically they created this huge uh, space where you can just interact with, uh, with the, in the spirit of the company of Nike, um, you would uh, you would be able to, I don't know, to participate in different activities, sport activities and so forth. Um, when you see this kind of um, approach to the metaverse, it makes a stronger case for things like NFTs. Uh, the other day, I was uh, I was speaking with some of my students in in class, and we were discussing about the use of NFTs in the future, in the near future, and how um, a platform like Fortnite with the skins was would have been the best place to start with this as it was the main source of revenue for for epic uh when uh, for, for for quite a long time um basically because people were w w would be willing to pay real world money for um something that is digital right so in the case of the metaverse when you think of your avatar from the metaverse the the representation of yourself your values who you are thinking about uh thinking about that from a consumer behavior point of view makes total sense for companies like nike and gucci which we're going to also see to do what they're trying to do like okay if you want to convey the same message when you are uh playing or moving around the world as your avatar in the metaverse um, well, we're up for you, for, there for you. So obviously, people like um, brands like Nike and Gucci, they have a, a lot of brand equity. People are going to be probably willing to uh, go after that. But this is also a great opportunity, I would say, for independent artists and the independent designers that could also make the case for their products to be also uh, displayed not only in the physical but in the digital world. And probably we 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 would be able to purchase let's say that you go to nike to a nike store and you get a i don't know a pair of uh working clothing uh maybe you can also pay a premium and you would get the nft version of that uh it would be interesting uh, to see that the other uh the other example i wanted to share with you is the gucci garden experience that they also had on roblox and they have already been making some news because they've managed to sell a bag for what would be the equivalent of four thousand uh, dollars this is a digital bag okay so talking about nonsensical things uh well you would have uh we will have to deal with this okay so imagine if you pay if you would pay uh ten ten thousand dollars for a gucci for a chanel bag how much would you be willing to pay uh, for the NFT version on the metaverse, we just have to, we will just have to wait and see how these perform. But um, 
I mean, if you are up for it, I would recommend for you to go into the metaverse and try to experience, have these experiences because uh, this is the very, the very beginning of this. And if you want to have like the, the first glimpse at what uh, a very weird future with uh, digital interaction having the same repercussions in real life as you would have it in person. Uh, this could be a way to under try to understand what are the possibilities. I would also say that the metaver metaverse is not going to be for everybody, right? However, I also believe that 2022 would be the year on which we are going to be seeing more. I mean, we have never seen so we're not going to have been seeing so many things regarding the metaverse as I thing that we are going to see uh, throughout the whole year. So uh, just having or taking a look at these cool brands going in uh, makes the case. Also, it is a great opportunity for NGOs to do uh, the same. So um, another thing about, uh, about the metaverse is that, uh, uh, well, Two weeks ago, we had the CES in the United States, and there was a clear um, hint of where marketing agencies are going on, are going to with uh, the metaverse. So uh, this, uh, I got this news from uh, Morning Brew, and one of the things that they uh, they highlighted is that Wonderman Thompson, there. I mean, you would know this as a, one of the most well-known. Uh, marketing worldwide marketing agencies um, they had their own um, representation of the metaverse right at the CES where you could have uh, meetings meeting uh, meeting places and so forth so uh, this would I mean you look like something like uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, the video game I mean uh, and probably this could make the case of also of what Microsoft presented a few years ago regarding having this virtual reality world where you're going to have everything uh, in just one place and you're you 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 don't you will not have to actually be present in one in one place to be interacting with people there keep a, keep an eye on this because with this whole work from home uh, situation I mean and and change of perception from of working from home that because of COVID we have been dealing with uh, for the past two years. Um, I would say that it would be interesting for, for people and for companies to have, let's say, the whole building uh, on the metaverse so that people and employees from around the world could uh, meet together in one in the same place, but the only thing is that it's not going to be digital. It's not going to be uh, physical. It's going to be digital instead. Um, very, very interesting. I, I plan to do another episode just talking about metaverse. So uh, let me let me know what you would like me to talk about. Uh, in the case of the metaverse, I, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to try to look for uh, a guest for that episode so that we can discuss this uh, with maybe someone that have already experienced some some of the perks of going into the metaverse and um, interacting with uh, people there. So uh, the last uh, news that I wanted to 
to mention has to do with uh, Starbucks and has to do, this is also an article that I got from uh, Marketing Brew uh, and it talks about how the consumer behavior for the coffee industry have been changing. This is an article from Erin Cabri and um, just highlight one of the main impacts of the um, of the of, of the pandemic so one of the things that uh, they have identified here is that the food traffic of these coffee shops uh, has been I mean like through the through the roof it's been incredible but that the behavior for the consumers has been uh, changing in the sense that they have not grown as they would expect it uh, sometimes the grow have uh, declined Sometimes they, they would have or they would see a hike in a very specific moments throughout the, throughout the year. And also how the international markets for uh, coffee has been taking a toll in the, um, in the coffee industry. So one thing that uh, we need to know, this is not only uh, unique. I mean, this is not unique to the coffee industry. Uh, many different industries have been dealing with the fact that uh, they have different, um, well, customers would have different preferences as they uh, have adapted to the second, almost third year of uh, pandemic. Uh, this is, I mean, just the tip of the iceberg, things like changing the perception uh, of meeting places. I mean, if you go to a coffee shop and it would be to meet someone or whatever, Everything that we knew from the second wave coffee that Starbucks uh, initiated uh, many years ago uh, basically have been shifting. Not, I would, I would not say that necessarily for the bad or for the worst, um, but they have changed uh, radically, and they will be keep. I mean, people will keep adapting themselves. All right, so the last one. So uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram, and well, yeah, Instagram CEO uh, appearing one uh, Instagram story talking about a new feature that they are going to uh, introduce in, in on Instagram uh, that will allow creators to create subscription plans for their followers so they can get paid. This is, I would say, that probably very similar to what. Twitter already have been doing. Uh, it's just a way to empower in um, content creators so that they can get uh, more revenues from the content they produce. Uh, probably have access also to exclusive content if you're a subscriber. Again, we're, what we're seeing here is that we are getting to, up to a point where we have very a very bland differentiation between different platforms. Something that was probably unique at the beginning to to platforms like uh, Patreon uh, has been has become more of a commodity in many other uh, places. I would say that the only reason why somebody would uh, prefer to go into a platform like uh, Patreon or any other would be because they would have 
a different kind of content where they would have a, 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 um, an enhanced experience outside their normal ecosystem where they usually uh, share content like, I don't know, if you if you can imagine of someone sharing tips about, I don't know, health and fitness on Instagram, maybe you would go to Patreon and you could have there your own uh, workout routines or whatever, depending on the plans. I don't know, that would make sense uh, to me, but... Um, but well, well, yeah, I mean, you could also use everything on, on Instagram. One of the main problems that I would see with this is that there is a huge lack of features that you would have uh, for, for Instagram. I mean, for using it on Instagram uh, when you are not on mobile devices. So uh, in my case, I would say that that would be something to to look for and to find uh, like a workaround, right? To be able to, I mean, I would say that Meta tried to fix that with the Creator Studio, but uh, for me, it's like a half, I mean, it, it, it was an initiative that got like halfway through. It didn't, uh, I would say that they didn't completely finish the what they envisioned for the, uh, for the Creator Studio. So probably that could be something to, to look for in the future, we don't know. I mean, Meta has been uh, investing a lot into reinventing themselves, especially because they understood that uh, they are no longer uh, safe from the distance as they see companies like TikTok moving closer and closer and closer to them uh, just based on the interaction and the content that customers are having with, uh, well, customers and users, customers with brands, users with content creators, and so forth. So uh, that would be it for uh, this episode, guys. Um, thank you again for joining me. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. And if you want to get uh, more episodes, make sure to subscribe on YouTube or on any podcast aggregator that you have, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. And um, always send me a message if you want me to speak about something in particular. If you think that you may also add to the conversation, I would like to and I would love to have uh, you as a guest. I know that many of my students and uh, some co-workers also listen to the podcast and I thank you for that. Um, remember that uh, if you leave a review of the, com- of the, of the podcast, that would be uh, very helpful to get more people to know, get to know the, the show. Uh, until the next time, please take care, be safe, and Lempy out. <laughs>